Stone gets the puck after the draw. Petrangelo shoots, save, and a rebound, score! Chandler Stevenson finds the puck in the slot, pots the rebound, and the Knights are back in the lead, 3-2. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Without it, oh, and a tip puck and a shot, they score! Michael Avadio, the Knights win it in overtime! 5-4 Vegas! A double overtime victory for the Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas. Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... It's over. One over the minimum. The Vegas Golden Knights advancing to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs as they wrote the Winnipeg Jets with four straight victories after suffering that opening game loss, repeating the series that happened back in 2018. We have a lot to get to today, including some reaction to the victory by Vegas on the Golden Knights side, and we will let you hear and react to Rick Bonus' comments following the Winnipeg Jets head coach uh, media appearance in which it was short, it was descriptive, and it was controversial. Uh, that is part of uh, the circle that's going around the National Hockey League today. And uh, there's some tickets available to round number two. Uh, some stuff has uh, been made available, and we are going to uh, check in with the Golden Knights on that side so it'll give you an idea of just how you can be in the building for the games one and two or beyond for that second round series. We don't know when that's going to start because uh, other stuff has to be taken care of. That's what happens when you win so quickly. You're ahead of the curve and you got to wait for everybody else to settle things. Yeah, you get a little bit of rest. You get to recharge. You get to rejuvenate. And you get to watch on as the uh, two potential teams, the Los Angeles Kings, the Edmonton Oilers, Play game six tomorrow, and if we're all lucky, game seven on Monday. Uh, that would be fun for the Golden Knights side. It would be fun for the hockey world as well to see a game seven. Uh, we have some uh, deciders, uh, potential clinchers uh, to come your way this evening. Uh, one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League. Uh, we'll get you into uh, what else is happening in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Vegas wins 4-1 in game five, 4-1 in the series. Uh, they were remarkable in the first 40 minutes last night before the uh, Winnipeg Jets showed uh, some significant pushback in the uh, 17-shot uh, third period. Uh, but it was a game in which it played out to form of a coach and player and a fan's dream, where mm -hmm. it was essentially over early on. You had the first goal in the first shot of the first minute uh, of the game, and then you poured it on in the second period. And the Vegas Golden Knights were absolutely primed and ready to go for that game last night. It was exactly what you wanted to see from the Golden Knights. If you're a fan, you show up to that game, you are rocking, you're ready to go. Everything through pregame, you want to see action. And, you know, Mark Stone to Chandler Stevenson, Brett Howden winning the puck off the wall, 50 seconds in, all of a sudden the Jets are, are behind the eight ball and the building is going. Kudos to, you know, the Golden Knights to, to, to not take the foot off the gas. You get through that first period, you're unable to find that next goal, but then you come out 48 seconds into the second period, you get another one, and then it's just the floodgates opening for the Golden Knights 
as close to a perfect first 40 minutes in that game as you could possibly get. What a difference between game number one mm-hmm. at the Fortress and then the clinching game that put the series away at the Fortress. It, it really was. It was... You know, a game where I think the Golden Knights were firing on all cylinders. And, and you couldn't say that about the team uh, throughout any of, of game one. It, it, the Winnipeg Jets were, were the team that really did push the pace. The Winnipeg Jets were the team going up and down the ice and, and doing essentially whatever they wanted to do. And the roles were completely reser- reversed in game five. It was a, a series in which you saw the Golden Knights just get settled and mm. comfortable if you want to put it that way, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And you think back to game number one, all the questions about Mark Stone jumping into action, coming off three and a half months away from the ice and any type of competition, and he goes into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Jack Eichel had never played in the Stanley Cup playoffs before. and That was a new experience. Lauren Bressois had never started a game mm-hmm. in the postseason. That was his first experience. Shea Theodore was relatively new to getting back in the lineup, uh, rejoining the team uh, for that last game against the Seattle Kraken uh, of the 82-game uh, uh, regular schedule. Uh, and so you had a, a lot of uh, different pieces that were floating around mm-hmm. going into game number one and a, a lot of individuals that had to find their comfort zone or uh, get uh, get into the groove of what is a different pace of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, the, the, the performance or... Uh, the softness of the performance in game number one in in the sense of a push mm-hmm. uh, by Vegas, wasn't that unexpected when you really step back and look at all those new pieces? But the transition from game one to two and the comfort level that was uh, exhibited by the team was striking. I, I didn't expect that that kind of switch to be flipped so fast. Uh, that was impressive. It really was. And, you know, I, I think... You, you settle into your game. You, you have a lot of energy. You, you had a lot of players, as you mentioned, Jack Eichel. This is his first go-around. This is his first opportunity in the playoffs. Game number one, it, it comes at you, and it comes at you fast. Now, Mark Stone returning, I, I believed wholeheartedly after game one that Mark Stone would be better in game number two. Not only did he get better in game number two, but I think he's he's gotten better as the series went, wore on for the Golden Knights. And, you know, from that perspective, I think that you just needed to find your game. You needed to be able to settle in. You needed to just kind of exhale after that that game one. And the Golden Knights, to me, grew in their game throughout the series. You didn't expect Mark Stone to be that, that though. I expected him to get better. I didn't, I didn't expect that it was going to be peak Mark Stone a game and a half later, but... I, no, because like, that, that, that was off the charts. Mark Stone didn't expect no, that. No, 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 no. That's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I expected Mark Stone, based on his performance in Game 1, to be better as the series wore on. The, the level that he took his game to is astounding, and he is full value for all of it. But I didn't think that after Game number 1, Mark Stone was going to have too many other games like that in the playoffs. Who is the Golden Knights' best player in the first-round series? rolling through a five-game victory over the Winnipeg Jets by ripping off four consecutive victories. Chapman, you're, you're sighing because you're having trouble coming up with a definitive answer. And that's not uncommon no. when this question is put to people. There is a cast of candidates here. I have a couple of, of names, but to like pinpoint just one? I mean, I could throw... Five or six guys out there. Absolutely. William and I Carlson. Would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. fault you for that. Yeah. Carlson, 
Eichel, Petrangelo, I thought was really good in the in, in the in the series. Chandler Stevenson was super productive. Laurent Brossois was really good. Brett Howden had his moments for sure. Yeah, I think I mean, William Carlson probably the most consistent. Every single time he was on the ice, you knew exactly what you were going to get from him. Um, you know, you bring up Brossois. Petrangelo to me is is the engine that drives everything from the back end. So. Uh, there's no shortage of guys. I, I don't know that you can pick just one. Well, I, I've got Carlson, Brassois, Petrangelo, uh, who are candidates to be the best player in the series. You guys have thrown out some other names who contributed in the series, but yeah. don't really fit into this this category. Stevenson not there for you. Did you I, did I didn't. You have... He didn't have uh, nobody threw his name out there. So Chandler Stevenson. All right. So there's four names. Mark Stone would be on that list. Mm-hmm. So there's five names. Pretty impressive. Five names. And and you could legitimately make a case for any of those five. Is there anybody else that you have put into that category? Eichel had moments. I think that there's more there. Yeah, I, I don't know that I'd put Eichel there. I think Eichel was, was very good in stretches. I think that he has gotten better as his playoff experience is, is kind of come along. But... In terms of every single game, absent game one, because I, I don't think anyone had it out, outside of maybe William Carlson, um, I think absent game number one, the names that we've got on the list are essentially the names that, that are in the running. Other names that contributed, Jack Eichel. Yep. Power play, great uh, in games two and three. Brett Howden contributed, mm -hmm. really found a home uh, on that line with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone in doing uh, a lot of the uh, extra grunt work, digging pucks out. And, and then don't forget the forecheck on the double overtime goal where he was uh, out there with Michael Amadio and Ivan Barbashev yeah. and the contribution on that side of it. Uh, Amadio, obviously, is a natural playoff uh, of that. Keegan Kolasar had moments in yeah. this series, uh, both with the goal and the fight and uh, playing a, a physical stature, uh, nature of, of, of his style of, of the game. So I think that there is, uh, there, there's depth uh, through it. But the five main names, mm -hmm. William Carlson, Lauren Bressois, Alex Petrangelo, Chandler Stevenson, Mark Stone. In a five-game series, that's a, that's a lot of candidates mm -hmm. to be a team's best player sure it, it really is and again i you know i think it speaks to a degree um about where this golden knights team is right now and and how they're presently constructed i think that there are there are great players on every single line for this hockey club i just believe that i look at it the way that the pairs are constructed how bruce cassidy has gone about kind of selecting the, the the tandems you've got you've got Stevenson and you've got Stone you've got Smith and you've got Carlson you've got Eichel and you've got Marchessault and when you've got those types of players driving and you're able to roll four lines over and you're you're able to just kind of exploit depth in different situations th then you you get a four one series victory over an eight seed and that's what the goal they went out there they took care of business their best players. And you look at the lineup, you look at the name of the, the names of those players on there. You've got Stone, your captain. You've got Chandler Stevenson, your all-star. You've got William Carlson, who's been a mainstay here for the Golden Knights. And then Loren Brossois and Alex Petrangelo. Like, Petrangelo, you know what he does. Brossois came through, won his first playoff series as a starting netminder. Like, it, it, it's you, you got to love it if you're a Golden Knights fan. So think about these names and where they fit on the team. 
Carlson, Brassois, Petrangelo, Stevenson, and Stone. What umbrella do they fall under? Depth? Nope. Frontline players? Mm -hmm. Leaders? Oh, yeah. This is a team that is built on contributions by its depth. Mm -hmm. And they got that. Sure. But on the flip side, the five front candidates for best player in the series are all top-line players. Yeah. That is a, a theme that goes against the narrative of this hockey club, but is is also wonderful to see. If you were going to talk about this team, it's depth, 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 depth. Sure. It's spread around, depth, 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 depth. Uh, deep uh, defensive uh, core. Uh, they've got uh, depth in goal. Uh, they've got uh, uh, different combinations that work or one to, to four to players that can come in the lineup. But when it came to the most important time of the year, it was five stars that were your five best players in that first round series. That should not go untalked about. It shouldn't go untalked about, but it it does bring up the idea of where you're able to deploy those stars, right? Like Chandler Stevens and Mark Stone listed, right, as your third line. But the fact of the matter is you're able to separate Jack Eichel from William Carlson, William Carlson from Chandler Stevenson, and Mark Stone. Don't complicate it. Five stars. That's important. Were, were five In the stars context of were, what we're, we're talking five, about, that's important. No, five stars were the five best players in that series. That is raising your game and answering the situation. They're deployed? Yeah. They, 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 they're spread out, for sure. Uh, they, they had uh, different stretches in the series. Yes, but the core of it was the best players were your top players in the series. No matter how they were structured, whether it's forward units or or on the defensive core. The only thing I'm saying is part of the fact that I think they were able to dominate the series is because they were able to be spread out. I don't know about be that. fresh. I, I don't know about that. Whether whether that's why they were they were because they were structured in a certain way. I don't know. Uh, it, it helps spread your minutes around. Yeah, for sure. But the the individual play of these players might have been the same whether they were loaded up, which you can make a case for. If they they were loaded up, they might have even been better. It might not have helped you in the long run in a double overtime game. It might not have helped you in the third round with wear and tear, where the real benefit of, of being uh, spread out will, will really come to fruition. Uh, but the, the individual performances were all from your star. And then you had the the perfect support from your depth and contributions mm-hmm. from your depth, which came from your Amadios and your Howdens and your Colasars. And then Eichel was, was part of that group. Now, in the second round, Eichel may be one of these five guys. Sure. And you may may have a, have a flip. There, there, you would love to be able to to see that. And I think for his first playoff series, you saw some real growth in, in Jack Eichel. But uh, I, I just wanted to make a, a point of of referencing where this team is talked about and what the actual performance was is a little different than the narrative. To a degree, for sure. I, I think that you got great performances. 
in, in the first round of the playoffs. I, again, I would make the argument right now in this moment, William Carlson was the best player for the Golden Knights. I think he was. I think he did everything right. I think he was one of the players that was going in game number one. So if you go wire to wire, best player for the Golden Knights in this series, I'm going William Carlson all day long. And I guess the way that you look at the Golden Knights and, and how they're constructed, I think the real reality here is that you might have a different best player every single round of the playoffs. You might you might look at it. We might be sitting here in two and a half, three weeks. We might be talking about Jack Eichel as the guy that took over in round number two. And beyond that, if the Golden Knights get there, it could be a different guy every single series. It kind of takes me back to a conversation we had a few weeks ago where it was, well, if this team was to win the Stanley Cup, who's the, the guy who would stand out as the Conn Smythe winner? Like, we went through a bunch of different teams, and we could name one or two guys from each team. But on this team, we couldn't pick one guy because there's they get contributions from so many different players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, you're, if you're picking it right now, you've got five options. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're picking for Edmonton, you've got one, two. That's Leon. Yeah, Drysaddle's been their best player. Yeah, he has. But McDavid will. Yeah, you, you would series, assume the cream the will rise to the crop. Before yeah. the, let let's uh, this series is over. Let's wait for that series uh, to be over. <laughs> it's see, over. See, see, no, no. Let's wait to <laughs> oh, see okay. what that what happens when that series is over. <laughs> oh, okay. It'll it'll still be Leon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if, if if they go seven and. Connor McDavid is lights out. Well, uh, that that changes, he makes a case, yeah. changes a, a lot of narrative. Uh, names that we did not talk about: Riley Smith, mm-hmm. Jonathan Marchessault, mm-hmm. will have an impact uh, yeah. later. But those those five stars, and you're 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 right right on with William Carlson scored the first two goals of the series. Yep, and and his his shot off the rush. Uh, early on, gave I think some some confidence to this team that they could get right back in the game and, and a little bit uh, of juice. Uh, I don't anticipate Lauren Bersois or a Vegas goaltender being in the conversation for a con Smythe if this team went all the way. Uh-huh. But Lauren Bersois was the better goaltender in this series. Yeah. Which is a huge advantage going against a Vezina Trophy winner. Petrangelo, I don't think uh, was uh, as dominant statistically, but emotionally, mm-hmm. he dragged this team into the fight in Game Two. After Brassois saved them in the first period, mm-hmm. it was Petrangelo who was emotionally engaged and got everybody involved. And then su- su- supplied some points, but uh, his his ability. And then last night, with all due respect to Stone and Stevenson and what they were able to do, and Carlson scoring, uh, uh, Petrangelo had just a marvelous game mm-hmm. in being defensively <laughs> in, in a quiet aspect. It couldn't it couldn't be more polar opposite from his brilliance of, of game two yeah. to the quietness and defensively uh, last night. And, and then Stone, Stevenson and and Stone, uh, we'll see where where their games go. But uh, they they are a Batman and Robin, and uh, we we know that Chandler had. A flat spot in his game. Mm-hmm. He was he was showing signs in in the final five games of the regular season. He was back. Yeah, uh, a lot of people will just put it to Mark Stone being with him in, in the first round. But Stevenson was coming. Mm-hmm. He, he had some confidence, maybe because he knew that there there was light for Mark Stone 
to be to be back for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Mm-hmm. Maybe that had his juices flowing. Maybe. Uh, but but I can say this because I wanted to mention that Stevenson was coming. He he was definitely showing signs of breaking out. But when Stone was back, Stevenson was a different player. He was back to being Chandler Stevenson. So you 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 got Stevenson for free mm-hmm. with Stone's return. Yeah, that's overly simplistic and could be taken as as a negative. But it's a real real bright spot for the Vegas Golden Knights to get that group uh, together. Yeah, I agree, a hundred percent. And you know, I, I even look at last night's game, and and I. I liked Ivan Barbashev, Jack Eichel, and Jonathan Marsh. So I thought Ivan Barbashev had like 17 chances, legitimately mm. ch- 17 chances. I don't know how he didn't score a goal in that game. I really don't. Well, he doesn't either because yeah. he was trying. He thought he, he it was I, in. Just by default. Like you, you get that many chances. You have that many expected goals. One has to go in and it just didn't for, uh, for Ivan Barbashev. In the first period, he thought he'd scored. Yeah. And, and it's funny because I, you know, you, you kind of look at things and, and there, there were points earlier on in the series for Ivan Barbashev. That he was able to pick up. Obviously, he gets that deflected goal. It's a game winner. Uh, and then you you have the the puck go off your skate right to Michael Amadio. Like those are really good things that happened. Uh, but Barbashev last night was was full value for like a couple of goals. It just didn't go for him. But I liked what I saw from the combination of Barbashev, Eichel, and Marcheseau. And you've got that in lockstep right now with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone and the magic that those two create together. Uh, it's it's hard to shut down the Golden Knights on a night-to-night basis when you've got that many players that can be impactful. Well, Barbashev, for as little time as he's played in Vegas, yeah. that's his comfort zone. right? Well, that's where he's played all of his time uh, until the final week of right. the season yeah. was with Eichel and Marcia so. Yep. so putting him back with them and, and back on a top line, that's a confidence boost for, for Barbashev. Chris Chapman. I think what, what kind of stands out to me now that William Carrier is back in the fold, Ryan, you kind of alluded to it a little bit with the pairs. Mm-hmm. But Vegas now, they have Bruce Cassidy has he he's got his pairs, and I'll take the fourth line out because that's that's set in stone. But he's got a group of guys that he could interchange. Mm-hmm. And those pairs don't miss a beat, whether it's Brett Howden in one spot and Ivan Barbashev in another. If the if he needs to put Phil Kessel in. To play with Carlson and Smith, it seems like those guys don't miss a beat. It's 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 actually oh, hold on. fourth line in in Stone. No, no, no. Fourth no. line with with no, no. Like locked in. You're talking about fourth lines locked in. You don't you can don't uh, consider in, them with with pairs because I think Carrier can fly. fly yeah, but too. but I think you get the best out of those three players when the three of them are together. I, as, as, a unit, as a unit, as a unit, up, man. Though. I think I think if you're locking it, if you're locking it in, it's it's Wah and it's Colasar, and even then, like Wah gives you different looks if you need to put them in different situations. You've got Teddy Bluger there as an option to to, to kind of come off the bench if you if you want to have a different look with Nick Wah. But and the fact of the matter is, it, it's it's an interchangeable lineup. I know what you're saying, Chappie. Yeah, I, I really do. I just don't uh, want to. And Lock a guy leave, in, carry yeah. there yeah, I mean, because he, he came back. produced. Well, I mean, he, he had a great when he season. Added a lot, came out of the lineup. He was in the top line. Yeah, that's so, it's incredible. So he can he can in a couple of games he can slide up there. But it's uh, such a good problem for Bruce Cassidy to have, where he's got like you look at some of these teams around the league and they've got no good, depth. good problem. He's never had the problem. Yeah, well that's it. That's <laughs> no. it. It's 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 a good thing. It's it's not bad. You you go back years where a coach has had that type of dilemma. If you want to call it uh, that 
facet of the, of the issue. Yeah, in this in this city with his team, uh, being being that healthy, there was not a forward that could not go last night, that was not available, and it ends up being Phil Kessel that comes out. does not affect his Ironman streak at yeah, all, but yeah. I just want to make sure I mention that. I saw. Uh, I, that, that, that does stay intact uh, and, and will resume it with was, Game uh, 1 next year. John Shannon who tweeted it out that yeah. he had not missed a playoff game. This was the first time in 99 games. He'd played 99 consecutive playoff games. I know, Shannon was texting me all over the place. I'm like, will you just tweet this yourself? <laughs> I, I got a game going. He's not playing. I'm going to talk see, about you the see how much I like John Shannon. No, I attribute that to him. I don't. I don't pass it that off is, like it's that, my that, own that, idea. That, that's really keep that, texting him, John. That's, keep that's, texting. That's Shanny. really good, Shanny. Shannon. So I told you yesterday that when you were calling John yes. Shannon, former executive producer of Canada, Canada, uh, co-host of the Bob and Callum podcast, I said uh, when he answers, uh, say Shannon there or, or hey Shannon. Shan- what, what, why, why wouldn't you? Why was he you from do the that? shadow realm? Like, what are we <laughs> doing here? <laughs> shadow, call him Shanny. Shanny, Shanny, Shano, JS. He's got a bunch of nicknames. He, he's John. He's John but, Shannon. But, but you, you, Mr. John Shannon, would yes. not go there no. with an no. informal. I don't have Hello. that that type of bond or relationship. That, now, now, if I if I answer if if I call him next week and he answers the phone, he's like, "Hey, Chappy," I'd be like, "Hey, Shanny, what's up?" Right. That's then. Then at that point, I feel like this you, is an episode can, of Seinfeld. It's on the other person. You can go to be informal. informal. Yeah, it, what, you can if, go if, informal because if, I I have such great respect for him and what yeah. he's done. That to me, he he is someone that deserves the respect to not be thrown. I don't. He. I haven't earned that right to call him a nickname yet. Shano. You consider yourself friends with people that you have the most <laughs> minute relationship with. Hold on, wait. Is but, John Shannon a friend of yours? But no, no. he's a bud. He's not, oh, okay. No. Hey, oh, you call co-worker. Well, you, you call yeah. them, you call them yeah. your friend yesterday. No. Just <laughs> curious. I Check five, the tape. Five friends. Uh you have uh, you consider friends with most Informal relationship. No, I yes, have acquaintances. William Carlson, you consider a friend. You no, he's not, not my friend. No, no not at never, all. I've never said he's my friend. No, not at all. No. He's uh, been ridiculous, but so, he doesn't consider him a friend. Yeah. But you, yeah. with Shannon, who calls you Chapman uh, on the air, you will not refer to him as JS or no, Shannon no. or Shannon. Now, you, I, I have a good relationship with you. I could call you Mallard. I could yeah. call you Millard. I could call you Darren. Yeah, don't call me Millsy. Some people call me Millsy. No, it doesn't. No, it Millsy, doesn't, it's no. fine. It doesn't. Like I won't uh, you do know, that. You know who calls me Millsy sometimes? Uh, Ed Graney. Yeah, really. And I, and I gotta, I gotta find a way to tell him. It just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah there's a couple other people around the building. There's a couple other people around the building that call me Millsy. Oh, yeah. yeah, call him, call him Liam. No, it just, it just doesn't work. A couple of players have called me Millsy. That's beautiful. I, I. But that's in the in the See, in the you, ice environment where everybody's got a nickname. Though. So so it's like I let I let that go. But from from my own peers, Millsy's mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you don't add Chappie, the S. Chappy, I love. Yeah, that's like you don't call me Chapsy. Okay. I, could. I, I mean I would have called you Millie. I mean but. Chapman Chapman, Chappy's not your nickname. Your your nickname's Magnum. Yes. But so going going back to high school though. Listen, I I, I don't care. I Call me what you want. It doesn't matter. I don't have very many nicknames. Yeah, you which don't. Which is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think I think that you should really have a, a stern talking to with uh, with Ed Graney, yeah. Darren, because that'll sure get him to stop calling you Millsy, for sure. <laughs> Maroon. Yeah. Okay, Millsy. Although, although Ed and I are really good buddies. I just... And that's probably why what, I don't want what, what to... Is, 
I don't want to tell him. Mm-hmm. I don't want to tell him. I'll tell him for you. Listen, listen, Milzy. I'll just, let him know yeah, that you really don't yeah. like it. All right, cool. Good. Oh, he'll keep. Uh, yes, uh, my yes, buddy. Do that. Uh, my my pal. Uh, Whatever work, you do, uh, don't call Darren Milzy. My workmate uh, Toddy is is coming up in just a little bit. <laughs> sure, he loves that. TP. And uh, Tali Pollock is uh, going to join us. Uh, just a little bit of information on how do you get into the building for round two. And if you got Golden Knight fever right now, how do you get into the building next year? Season tickets, uh, we're going to go down that path. Uh, it's got to hit while the iron's hot right now. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. What kind of psychedelic stuff is this? It's the Beastie Boys, man. It's taking a while to get Beastie. Well, I, I went with the instrumental today. Hmm. It's a wise choice. There's not enough instrumental in Intergalactic, so I had to... You gotta hit Millsy with the lyrics, man. Islanders yeah. uh, leading one nothing over the Carolina Hurricanes, trying to stave off elimination there. The Panthers hoping to force a game seven against the Boston Bruins and the Minnesota Wild, trailing the uh, Dallas Stars uh, by a game in game five or game six of that series. Uh, Dallas can advance. Uh, I bet you, my buddy Toddy is a big Beastie Boy fan. Here's Todd Pollock uh, from the Vegas Golden Knights, chief uh, ticketing officer. Are you a big Beastie Boy guy? Who isn't? Yeah, <laughs> three, can you name three? three can you can you name three Beastie Boy songs? Uh, Fight for Your Right, Intergalactic, and No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Mic drop right there. <laughs> Todd Pollock owning yeah. it with the Vegas yeah. Golden Knights. Uh, hey, uh, tickets went on sale for round number two today. Uh, give us the lowdown. Yeah, so uh, one o'clock VegasGoldenKnights.com. So far, so good. Obviously, those that were either in the building or watching on TV last night. You know, it reminded me a lot of, of kind of the early seasons pre-COVID. It was, I like using the term pandemonium, and it was definitely pandemonium last night. It was it was packed at T-Mobile, so uh, got to bring the, the noise and energy for round two. How does it work uh, in the playoffs, and, and how many tickets are available for public use? Uh, because some are tied up with uh, season seat holders. Do they have the option, and then the public gets a chance to go in? Just walk me through it. Yeah, so the way we've structured our memberships is members are essentially locked in for their seats for playoffs. So, you know, call it uh, north of 12, 13,000. So split the difference. So it's, it's a couple thousand seats per game that we, uh, you know, we like to open up and make sure we get uh, Golden Knights fans in. But uh, we do we do the seats. We do the flight deck standing room. We do upper level standing room. There's the high nightclub upstairs. So there, there's, there's a lot of ways for people to... Uh, to get in the building and be part of the action. Uh, there's a bell. Or what, what, how do you guys do it? Whenever you guys do a sale uh, in the office, you ring something. Yeah, so we, we call it kind of anything of a group sale, season ticket sale, partial season ticket sale, because I can tell you if we rang it every time today a single game order came in, we would have been ringing it <laughs> hundreds of times, and that might make uh, our non-ticketing peers a little crazy. Well, that's but, why I didn't uh, come into work today. But that's yeah. bl- I, bluntly honest. <laughs> I thought you were golfing this morning. I, I wish I was golfing. I was just sitting at home <laughs> saying, I wish yeah. I could go to work today, but Todd's ringing the bell, and I, I'm yeah. going to have, have sore ears at the end of it. That's well, what's going to As you know, it's a good good energy and good vibe in the office. Everybody gets uh, you know gets excited. We love, we love filling, 
filling the fortress with fans, and every time we ring a bell, we're one step closer to it. It's awesome. The whole and by the way, the whole office claps. It's it's, it's yeah. it, it, I'm making uh, light of it, but it is fun. You feel like it's for yeah. you. Yeah, right? I, I stand up and go, thank you, everybody, thank yeah. you. And right. then Dave stands up and says, thank <laughs> right. you, thank you. Right. And we we have a little uh, showdown because we both think it's for us. Right on brand there, Millsy. Good job. Uh, you know, Todd, I, I guess you, you kind of mentioned it, right? Like single single tickets and, and then you've got the flight deck. Uh, I am fortunate. I'm lucky enough to do the, the radio pregame intermission postgame from the flight deck. So I know what it's like. But, you know, maybe for fans that, that haven't taken in the game that way, Maybe give a, a couple of reasons why that might be the best possible ticket you can get for round two. Yeah, uh, one price, so it's j- just about a hundred bucks to to be to be up there. Two is you know the, the social aspect, right? It, there's, you're not sitting, so you're you're standing, you're socializing, socializing, hanging out with folks. Um, you're kind of in the middle of the action, right? The divas, DJs, um, you know, just just the whole castle concept up there. So, you know, you're certainly there to watch a hockey game, but at the same time can can be sociable. You can move around. You're not, you know, some people don't like to sit for three hours straight, and it's, it's, it's a fun spot up there, to be honest. It's something that we, you know, didn't really plan to do when we opened the building and started playing, but once we, we saw that space and realized, you know, the potential for it, and obviously with the demand of tickets, we were trying to, really trying to cram people in anywhere we could, but uh, it, it's a really popular spot. It's cost-effective, it's fun, and uh, definitely loud up there, too. So uh, if, you, if you like noise, although I guess if you like noise, you shouldn't come to T-Mobile anyways, but it's, it's probably to another level up, up in the flight deck. Chief Ticketing Officer Todd Pollock's with us in the VGK Insider Show. He's also my buddy, but uh, we try to keep it professional when we're uh, when we're on the air. Uh, hey, I'm going to pull on that thread uh, about the flight deck. Uh, so that wasn't part of the initial plan. Uh, how how did it come about? Who was the the genius that uh, that kind of led you in this direction? Was it you? Well, myself and my team. Right, we okay. started walking around. You know, T-Mobile first first few games and first few months, and you know, I, I always kind of remember that Tampa game season one, I think it was like third week in December. And um, I think that to me kind of really turned it to a point in this town where everyone was like, holy smokes, this team's competitive and good. And I think it was that night we were, we were just walking around the arena and we we're like, why, why don't we just put people up here? And we were, you know, we kind of questioned would people want to stand, would they be okay with it? Um, and, and we launched it really the beginning of the calendar year in 2018. And, and every night, I mean, it's about 250 people up there, and I'd say, you know, 95% of games, it's it's all 250. Um, so it's uh, it's pretty cool up there. So we're we're fortunate to have that space. A lot of arenas don't, right? I mean, it's just, it's just a unique space that we we were able to take advantage of, and uh, you know, pack, pack it up there. Have you ever thought about selling a suite in the castle? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go up there and then check it out, okay. see if we can fit some food and beverage in there if people wouldn't tinker around with it too much. But, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. Okay. Well, I, I want credit if you do that. Mm-hmm. I want it to be called Mallard. We'll Castle. ring the bell just for you on yes, that one. Th- thank you very much. Just top Pollock's the <laughs> Chief Ticketing Officer of the v- Vegas Golden Knights are with us in the VGK Insider Show. So here's something that I've always found interesting. Like, when you go deeper and deeper into the playoffs, the, the actual attendance numbers – seem to get a little bit higher, a little bit higher, and you get over capacity. Like how how do you do that and and how much like how many more tickets can you really open up to fans that, that are craving this hockey team? It's a couple hundred more, Ryan. You know, I, I was actually last night was give or take about uh, it was our best one of this current season in terms of attendance hmm. all time, probably top ten for sure. So there listen, you've got 
suites that have, you know, got 46 suites that have, you know, capabilities to add between, you know, 6, 8, 10, 12 tickets. Nights like last night, a lot of people do that. Um, when you get the flight deck, you know, I said 250. We may or may not go above and beyond that when there's, you know, endless demand for it. And then, uh, you know, upstairs and hide too, right? That, that space is, is really quite big. So some nights, you know, you might get two, three hundred. Another night, you might get six or seven. Um, but nights like last night are ones where you're like really packed to the brim. Like there, there's really not much more that you can go. I think we were at eighteen four seven six. Um, you know, in a cup final run, I think we were about eighteen seven eighteen thousand eight hundred. Um, so we were we were pretty darn close last night. Again, like just the energy in the building and. Um, you know, you, sometimes people don't show up this and that, but last night there were very few, you know, vacant seats, which was, which was awesome to see. Uh, top 10 crowd really last night. That's top cool. 10. That's outstanding. Yeah. It was unbelievable. I mean, even, even by our standards, we were all like, wow, you know, a lot of traffic issues and things we, we yeah. forewarned people about. They, they, they read the messages. They listened, they came, they were in the plaza early. And, it worked, uh, didn't it? It, it, it really it did work. Yeah, I mean, you know, people want to be there, which, you know, just goes to show you they weren't afraid to battle a few minutes. And from, from what I heard, I haven't really gotten much negative feedback. It was all, uh, you know, no one likes to sit in traffic, but it wasn't wasn't catastrophic by any means. And the numbers certainly uh, certainly show that. So you're selling tickets uh, nonstop for round number two. But then Monday yep. you got this special event with a select a seat uh, uh, event over at T-Mobile at the Fortress. Uh, take me inside the plans there. Yeah, so 4 to 7 p.m. over at T-Mobile, you know, we, we don't have tons of, of season tickets. We're, we're super fortunate that we've got, you know, the best fans in the NHL. But, uh, you know, people always ask, like, hey, I thought you guys were completely sold out. You didn't have them. Well, you know, there are three things that, two or three things in life that aren't always ideal. You, you lose your job, you die, you move out of town. There, there's, always, there's always something. Not, not everyone keeps season tickets for, you know, perpetuity. So we've got got a couple hundred seats we'll we'll tag for for monday and uh, anyone that wants to come down and look and uh hang out at t-mobile we we may or may not have a game seven uh edmonton la on on nitron since we know uh, we're playing one of those two teams but um all are welcome to come come see what we've got so you can pick 55 your- bucks a game in the upper bowl 88 dollars a game in the lower bowl so uh you know Pretty pretty affordable for a team that's always competitive and always fighting to play through April, May, and June. Hey, Toddy, give me those numbers again. I, that, that seemed lower to me. I want to make sure I heard that right. And I'm not. I'm yep. not even kidding around. I, I, that seemed yep. lower than than I expected. Yep. So it's fifty five bucks a game for you know portions of the upper bowl. Yeah. And then lower bowl starting at eighty eight a game. Hmm. Wow. Listen, I'm not. Money is hard earned by folks. I'm not going to say it's the most affordable yep. thing in the world but mm. uh like to your point like it is pretty surprising and people just assume that you know it's not that is um certainly the, the best price we offer on those so you know you're you're just dis- you're, you're getting a discount by buying in bulk and volume as opposed to you know one game here and there but uh we do try to we do try to make it as affordable as possible doesn't hurt that it's the best show on the strip either uh you know it's, i, I want to ask a, a big overarching question because obviously you're you you know these seats, you know these tickets better than anybody. If you were to to, to to give somebody the best seat in the house, where is it? I love Blue Line, 20 rows up, you know, and so a T-Mobile, sections 4, 7, 14, 17. 
blue line, maybe corners. I mean, I know a lot of the hockey guys when they're when they're in our rink and other rinks, they like beans. And I don't know if you guys can hear that. The bell actually just rang. I heard it's that. Not a, not a joke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that is not a uh, that wasn't scripted or anything of that nature. But um, um, where were we? Um, you, you know, corners and blue line to me are great. I would also say I. I Growing up in New England, I used to go to the Garden and, you know, Celtics, Bruins, all that good stuff. You know, upper bowl, front few rows to me are still some of the best places to see plays develop and, and watch from up there. That was that the only place I sat growing up, that's that's for sure. But, uh, you know, truly not, not many bad seats, if any, at, at T-Mobile. How do you guys do today uh, when tickets went on sale at 1 o'clock? Good. Really yeah. good. I'm, good. I'm having a good day. We're We're happy. You know, it's, uh, we'll continue to promote and push. And I think once people, you know, listen, to, like I always tell my crew and others, like people are buying tickets today. We don't even know when these games are. <laughs> so is like, that is that hard to do? There's no opponent and you don't know when the game is. Hey, we, we got a team here selling season ticket deposits for no team, no building built, and no idea if and when we'd ever play. So that this market tends to, you know, support us even with that uncertainty, but um, you know, you always get a wave, right? When you, when the schedule's announced, opponents announced, and times announced. So this is this is kind of just the beginning for us as we phase into you know into round two. So let's uh, loop this all the way back. Uh, how do they get uh, a ticket for round two? And then walk me through how people get involved in Monday Select the Seat event. Yep, VegasGoldenKnights.com slash tickets for any round two tickets. And then for the Select the Seat, that that's on the website as well. The main page, VegasGoldenKnights.com. There's an RSVP form, 4 to 7 p.m., or they're welcome to just uh, show up. We will not turn anybody away, and uh, we'll have some alcoholic beverages uh, as well for people that want to come hang out. And Why didn't you lead uh, with that? Hockey. You should have led with that. <laughs> I mean, you can get a lot of free drinks in this town, I've, I've heard. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know if that's the biggest appeal, but hang in the cool, cool fortress and, uh, you know, watch some hockey. Have you sat in every seat at T-Mobile? <laughs> oh my gosh, no, absolutely not. Okay, no, I think that would be would be crazy. Well, I probably walked cheap... every row and and level and concourse, but uh, not not sitting down in them. I think that would be a T-shirt. Uh, I'm the chief ticketing officer. I've sat in every seat. <laughs> I think people might beat me up for that. When, but, uh, <laughs> at, at what point during this conversation did you regret agreeing to come on with me? I'm loving uh, if we can go all, all if we got like the extended show I'm happy to do to do all of it. I'm not leaving any time. You know me, Millard. I'm usually out like whatever. Today might be one of those longer days, but it's, listen, this is what we all we all play for. This is why we're here. We want to we want to win the Stanley Cup whether we're on the ice or not, and this is the best time of year. So this is we're loving it. The office is buzzing today. So Where does the uh, where does the chief uh, ticketing officer watch the game? I watch uh, first period, the top of section three. Second period, I'm more of a floater, mm. and then third period, I'll watch up in Goose Island, kind of on the on the end there. So it's just Kerry Bubolt and some of the crew and I have we started that season one, and just seems to be a good spot where you know, kind of within the fans. But yeah. also, if if an emergency comes up or we need to peel away or go deal with something, we can. We can be upstairs or downstairs within, you know, two, three minutes. My wife just sent me a text because uh, she wants to know where does she have to sit to get into Bud Light Lounge? 5, 6, or 15, 16. So the five, lounge six, is on the side of 15, 15 16. 16. All right. 
Good. Now, yeah. see, she's been asking me, and I uh, haven't asked you because it's been busy. And I said, <laughs> I, I didn't tell her this, but I, I just kept saying I hadn't run into you, but I wasn't going to bug you during uh, during the late in the season and, and into the playoffs. But now I don't have to ask you. This is perfect. You, it, it's, it's you're awesome. like the only broadcaster that doesn't come in and bother me, though. Oh, and I, I know. I watch those lunatics. <laughs> like, and, and then you, you happen to walk by our desk every now and then, and like 15 people will walk by and not a peep out of them. They're pretending they're working. Todd walks by, mm-hmm. and there's, hey, Toddy, Todd, Todd, Todd. Everybody's like clamoring onto his legs, and, and, and what's, what's going on? Hey, Todd, I love you. This is amazing. And I'm waiting. I always wait for the, for the ass to come. There's always an ass, but I always give a chirp here and there. You know, I gave I gave Shane some some flack the other day. I said you look like a guy that I saw on TBS the other night or TNT or whatever channel he was. <laughs> you know, being an imposter on, but uh, it's, it's a it's a good crew, and uh, you know, we're we're like family over here, so it's all good. Will you uh, let me know uh, when you're out of inventory, or uh, keep me up yep. to date as far as inventory, and we can keep uh, everybody informed on this? always and uh, appreciate you guys uh, letting me share some some insight and info i love it uh thanks todd appreciate it you're the best thanks guys. Uh, well, oh, by the way was that oh, gabby that uh, rang the bell did you who did you send over to ring the bell that was nicole okay nicole and that oh. was totally legit legit that wasn't just i'm looking at the email it was it was a couple of sweets for round two single no game. way nice yep. a couple of yep. sweet like so you have a sweet i can get a sweet for round two we sure do you can join uh I won't say who, but a high-end developer from Southern Highlands who's a huge Golden Knights fan. Oh, I probably know them. We're probably buddies. You and Gary and all them probably uh, golf with well, him. Gary, Gary so, for sure. Gary's probably texting him right now. So. <laughs> we, love, we love Gary, too. You know, the, the harder we are, the more we love him. <laughs> well, then you, you love that guy. <laughs> uh, thanks, Toddy. Appreciate it. Big time. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Go Big nice, go. There's Todd Pollock joining us from City National Arena, ticketing uh, as uh, there's some inventory available if you want to be part of round two, and then they select a seat. Uh, that'd be fun just to go walk around and, and see what's uh, available. I've done um, kind of that that select a seat, open, open fortress, Check out all the different sight lines, venue, uh, type of, uh, of of walkthrough before. So, it is fun. It, it is absolutely something that you should you should go to if you are considering tickets for next year. My buddy Sharples, who's been on the show, Jeff Sharples, yes. yep. he has tickets like six rows up in the corner at mm-hmm. the visiting end to the blocker side, and that I think is. And he had like right from day number one, mm-hmm. first choice. Mm-hmm. And he loves that. I think that is because you can see down the rink, but you're you're in the end zone. Uh, you're the Golden Knights are shooting on that end twice. Uh, that is my favorite seat that I've actually been able to visit. Hmm. I've never actually I've never been invited to sit there for a period, right. but I've visited here. Sure. Uh, down there. Uh, that went well. Let's take a break. Uh, when we continue, we'll set up uh, hour number two. We got way late with uh, Toddy, uh, but we got a lot going on with other games in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we'll get into some sound and reaction from the Vegas Golden Knights' win over the Winnipeg Jets and the dramatic response from Jets head coach Rick Bonus, the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. I noticed Dancing Queen was was playing. Is that is that for you? Is that is that do you have any role in that? <clears throat> I, I think everyone enjoys it, so it's just not me. Yeah, right? It's not just me. Uh, you know, everyone loves ABBA. So. You you picked the song though, right? You uh, get you? Uh honestly I can't remember. Um, but I, I wasn't against it for sure. <laughs> Can we even plan this? <laughs> That's Chapman promoting Chapman. Good job, buddy. And his buddy, William Carlson. But we were watching the Carlson interview on the TV set last night. 
and it was continuing. And then you went into this ABBA thing. Mm. And one of my coworkers looked at me on the desk and went, what is that person talking about? And they weren't talking about William Carlson. <laughs> well, considering there's only two about? other people at the desk with you, I could figure it was one of the two. So. And well, I that, said, that it's that Chapman. Sense. I don't that know. He's got this affinity for the the celebratory song or something like that. What the song is that they play after well, the game. Well, it was, it was and ABBA. We've been asking ABBA. about ABBA all season yes, long. That has been. So you could have said he's they on the quest yeah, they like just to find the one. The series, yes. and this guy's talking about ABBA. No, and that's when ABBA. That's the perfect That's when time. everybody's at their at their oh. pinnacle, at yes. their height. He's like, in if a you're, good mood. He might slip up and happy, tell me. excited. Yeah. We we've asked Chapman to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, don't then act you, then like you let don't me, forget. Then you sit there and let what me. What are they get asking the about? That's Chapman. You could have stood up for me. You could have been like, yeah, well, Chapman. we've been trying to find out. I was hoping nobody noticed. That's true. Millsy, he's not going to yeah, stand, not gonna up, stand, for gonna stand up for anybody. What are you, what are you talking about here? Yeah. Amazing. Uh, we've got Rick Bonus, his reaction to losing in five games, and uh, a lot of uh, response from the Golden Knights side. None of it to do with ABBA. I made sure that was going to be in it. It should. And one-timers, news notes from the National Hockey League, a couple of elimination games tonight. Underway.